you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were fruitful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more besides them. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few. I'll make you a ruler of many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who received one talent came and said, Lord, listen to the words, listen to the words. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. The title of my message that I want to bring to us is this three words and it's just do it. Can you repeat after me? Just, just, man, you guys are terrible. Like, let's be into you. Let's go in unison. Just do it. No, I'm not sponsored by, sponsored by Nike. I'm not, I'm not any Nike, okay? I, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling us, just do it. Are you guys all right? I truly believe God is speaking to us and his people these words of just do it. I want to I pose these questions to us this morning. Have you been in a place where you know what the right thing is to do, but you choose still not to do it? You're right. Have you ever been the person that would give advice to somebody about a specific thing they're going through or doing, but when it comes to you listening to that same advice, you don't? Oh, come on. You probably are guilty of that. Come on, tell me the truth. Has there been a moment that you feel stirred or unction or pull from the Holy Spirit to do something, but in the place of fear, you either rebuke it or you say, God, it's the wrong person? Have you had a moment with God and you feel that he's calling you to a particular place, work or ministry, and you know it's God, but you still choose not to listen? Have you been in that place? If you said yes to any of those things, if you said yes, I've been in that place, you know what? We actually find ourselves to be more like the person with one talent than the one with two and five. You might be going, oh, pastor. You're supposed to encourage us. We're supposed to be the two and five. But when I read the story, like we always read the stories like, oh, it's about your talents, about using what you got. But there's more to that in the story. And I'm like, I'm actually compelled to say that I'm sometimes like that person with one talent. Whether you want to admit it or not, we as human beings tend to be like this person with one talent rather than one with two and five. Let's go back to verse 24. It says, then he, then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed and was afraid and went and hid your talents in the ground. Look here, there is what is yours. What do we see in this conversation between the servant and master? This is number one that we see in this conversation. We see the conversation of excuses. Are we all right this morning? 
is this conversation of excuses, or I like to put it, justifying one's actions. Are we okay this morning? Due to us being human, we are good at having excuses why we didn't do or did do something. Are we, are we okay this morning? Just like the servant, he asked that, he said to in the conversation, look, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. He didn't say sorry, he didn't say anything else, but the first thing in his conversation with his master was an excuse, was uh, justifying his actions on why he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Do you think in this moment when he was like, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, do you think in that moment he knew he was wrong? Because look at his response. His response was like, Lord, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, and he was bringing out this justification on why he didn't sow what was given to him. I believe he knew what he was doing wrong because when he, excuses like this come up, it shows that the fault of the person. I, I know I've done it many times with my parents. Just to try to justify something before owning up to what I did. But we do that in our Christian walk with God. We justify while we haven't listened to him. Oh Lord, but you called somebody else for that. I'm not for that person. Oh, Lord, I'm not ready. Oh, Lord, I, I'm not good at speaking. I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that. And we try to justify ourselves for not doing something. Can we say, just do it? There's a story in the Bible in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel, which relates quite closely to what we're talking about this morning. And it's in 1 Samuel 15. I want to read this, this whole story. Um, I'm going to skip some verses so that we can just get through the punchline. And it's in 1 Samuel 15. We're going to start from verse 1. One day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to not you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies had is, has declared. I have declared to settle accounts with the nations of uh, Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Now let's go to verse 9. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them, and they destroyed only what was worthless or was poor quality. Are we following the story? So we have this story of like God telling Saul to kill everyone, everything, destroy everything. And then in verse 9, we see, a, see, see King Saul spare a man's life, but also spare goats, cattle, and calves, and everything that looked pleasing to his eye. Let's go verse 13. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully, saying, may the Lord bless you. He said, I have carried out the Lord's commands. When did God say what? When did God say that? So he says, I have carried out the Lord's commands. And then Samuel's like, then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded, it's, tr is it, it's true that the army spread the best of the, uh, best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord God. We have destroyed everything else. Verse 18. 
And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, um, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for plunder and will do what is evil in the Lord's sight? Verse 20. Did, uh, did, uh, but I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. He says, but I did obey the Lord. He insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice the Lord, your God, and Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. We see the story where Samuel tells Saul to destroy everything because God said so. God said so, destroy everything. What did he say? But I did obey the Lord. What did he say? Before he said, oh, I did obey the Lord. What did he say? Let's go back to verse um, 15. Sorry. Following this laptop is really hard. <laughs> it's true that the army spared the best sheep, goats, cattle. Saul admitted, but they're only going to sacrifice them to the Lord. So he justified himself to keep everything to sacrifice for the Lord. How many times do we justify ourselves of doing something for God or not doing something for God? Are we okay this morning? Can, you, can we just have a just like, just, just like, let's think about like, how many times have I actually justified myself or why I shouldn't be at church today? <gasps> oh, Jordan, don't say that. Why is it that we know what God has said, we know what to do, but we don't do it. Why is that? You see the prophet Samuel pull up King Saul and not carry out the whole mission that God sent out. What did King Saul do? He gave an excuse. He gave an excuse or justified why he didn't do what he did or why he did what he did, in fact. Just like with this servant and a master, he's like, Lord, I knew you're a hard man, so I didn't want to sow your thing. Saul did the same thing. Oh, no, I kept everything to sacrifice for God. But Samuel's like, what's better, your sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but Pastor Jordan, I've been, I come to church every Sunday, but what if God's telling you to do something during the week? What do you, which one would he rather? So we'll disobey Monday to Saturday and then go, oh, yeah, Lord, I worship you Sunday, but then disobey Monday to Saturday. Are we okay? I'm not, I'm, not call, I'm not calling anyone out, but I'm just calling us, just do it. There's this um, quote um, from Paul David Tripp. He's a pastor, and he says this, when your sin is exposed, you'll run towards confession and forgiveness or self-righteousness and self-justification. When we do or trip up, when we do something wrong, we either self-justify or we go, forgive me. But when we look at this man with one talent, what did he say? Oh, but you're a hard man. Why did he come bow before his Lord and said, sorry, forgive me for, for not using what you gave me? No, because he 
wanted to make an excuse. He wanted to self-justify. And I actually came to think when I was read, reading the story this week, I'm like, God, we actually seem to be like this one talent a lot. And that's not saying that, oh, nor to you. I'm just saying we're human beings. We're imperfect. But sometimes we've got to just push away the excuse and really lean into Jesus and go, I'm just going to do it. Are we okay? Can we be honest with ourselves this morning? Are we making excuses to justify why our relationship with Jesus is not close? Are we making excuses to justify why we haven't read our word this week? Oh, but Lord, I've been busy. Oh, I was busy too. I was busy fixing up all your mistakes. That's, that's what God's saying. I'm fixing up all your stuff. Why can't you spend time with me? Oh, we don't think God's working on our behalf? When we've been lazy watching Netflix or chilling and doing nothing, he's actually still working on our behalf to make sure that we get our breakthrough. Are we okay this morning? He's a gracious God. He loves us so much. Even in our slumber, he still works because he is not a God that rests. He's always working on our behalf. That is the God that we serve. Are we making excuses to justify why we aren't serving anymore? Today, I don't want to light up uh, like a firecracker, but I want to put an explosion up your bum and just go, boom! Let's just do it. I know that, sound, that sounds like a much, but it is. We just need to do it. But we need to step away from making excuses. We need to step away from self-justification, saying, oh God, but I'm not doing this because that other person's better at the job. But what if God called you? We had it from. Um, we had a good, good team huddle. Like, if you want to come to team huddle in the morning before pre-service, we have just a time of encouragement. And t- today, uh, Lea was um, gave us a great word about God's grace. And then Sam touched on um, literally this about we just got to do it. We got to stop making excuses. God, if God's called you, He's called you. Are we okay? Can we look at ourselves? God's called me. Say that to yourself. One, two, three, God's called me. One, two, three, God's called me. Stop looking at your neighbor, oh, God's called them, but God's called you as an individual. He hasn't just called the pastor or the worship team or people serving on Sunday, he's called you. But we need to step away from self-justification. Oh God, we're not doing this because we've done this for so long. No, 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 no. If you're still here, you've got something to play, you've got something to do, God's still called you to do something. Oh, but God, I'm just so young. I still need to know the Bible inside and out. You know what? Even the greatest theologians in the world still need to know the Bible because we could never, ever fully comprehend the Word of God. So we've got to step away from making excuses, step away from self-justification. The second thing I want to talk about in this conversation with the servant and the master, with the one um, who did nothing with their one talent, is this, do what's right, not what's easy. Can I tell that, say that again? Do what's right, not what's easy. In 2 Thessalonians 3, it says this, And as for you, believers, do not grow tired or lose heart in doing good, but continue doing what is right without weakening. Continue doing, with, uh, continue doing what is right without weakening, without pulling back. 
even when you feel like your back is against the wall. Continue doing what is right, not what is easy. Let's go back to the story. It says in verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, what, uh, there you have what is yours. The easiest thing for any of the three men to do was to bury the talent. The easiest thing was to bury the talent, to do nothing with it. But I love how the scriptures work. You know, there's something when I like always look at scripture, I always look at the words, eh? Because the words could like change a lot of the, like change the way we see the Bible. And you'll notice in verse 24 and 25, he says this, I was afraid and went and hid the talent in the ground. Do you hear it? I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Previous verse from this, he says, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. So in conclusion, can we put this into the conclusion? That the servant was afraid because how hard the master was, not because he didn't know what to do with the talent. Let me say this again. The servant never used that one talent because he was afraid of his master. The scripture never said anything about he didn't know what to do with it. So in my conclusion when reading the scripture, I'm like, so you're telling me, Lord, he knew what to do but was too afraid, so he hid it? And I was like, aren't we, the people of God, sometimes do that? We hide our light as a lampstand rather than showing it to the word? Are we ones who put our light underneath a pot or whatever? Aren't we the ones who, like, aren't we supposed to shine out so the world can see your goodness? When I looked at the story, I'm like, God, it wasn't because the man didn't know what to do. It was because he was afraid. How many of us can relate to this man now when looking at that perspective and like, oh, you know, he did know what to do. He just didn't do it because he was afraid of his master. So he hid it because he didn't want to lose it. He didn't want to fail. He didn't want to do all this. And you know what? We go through the same motions. Are we okay this morning? We, uh, we get to this place of fear of losing, fear of failing, fear of what people think of us. That's a, true, that's a true thing that we face every day. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not being relatable. Fear of, not, oh, fear of making mistakes. And so if we get fearful of these things, imagine this, this man, the servant, when he says, I was, I was afraid, so I hid it. So I was like, God, we are sometimes like this man. We get so caught up in our emotions, so caught up in fear, that we let fear grapple with us than rather going, I want to trust in you and what you've given me. Are we okay this morning? This is um, not scripture. There's this quote from Rick Warren. It says this, Fear is a self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intended you to be. 
You must move against it with the weapons of faith and love. Let me say this again. Fear is a self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intended you to be. You must move against it with the weapons of faith and love. If you imagine back to the parables, oh, this parable with the, with the talents, I think with the five and two, that would be scary because that's a lot of responsibility. Don't you reckon? Like if someone's giving you a lot of responsibility compared to someone else, you'll be going, oh man, I've got so much responsibility. But fear grabbed the hold of this guy, the servant with one talent. Fear grabbed him. And I don't believe the master intended the servant to fail. Have you ever thought about that? We talk about the story a lot, but I don't think this, the master intended the servant to fail. He intended the servant to do what he needed to do with that one talent. But fear grabbed hold of the servant, so he hid it. Can I ask this question? Is there anyone here hiding things in their lives that God's called you to do, but you're too scared to come out? Have you self-justified yourself on the reason why you haven't used the talent that God gave in your life? Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. For God has not given a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God, so why accept it? If fear is grappling with you this morning, can I encourage you? Lean into it and go, I am fearful, but my trust in God is even more. I'm fearful, but I'm gonna surround myself with men and women of God who can encourage me daily so I can keep stepping into the God things in my life. Here's the reason why we're so passionate about connect groups, why we're so passionate about community. Because in a community, in connect groups, you get to lean on one another. Are we okay this morning? If you're sitting back and chilling, like just chilling out, like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking the day as it comes, taking the week as it comes. Can I encourage you that God, whatever God has given you, just do it? If you think you're retired, let me tell you again, think again. Allow Holy Ghost to refire you from your retired state. There's no retirement in, in the Word of God. No one retires. I think the older people, this is my self-observation through my whole life, older people not only have so much wisdom, but they got so much power when they pray. They got so much power when they're involved in stuff. I don't know, they just carry so much weight that us young bucks still need to learn. That's the stoner's truth. So if you think you're retired, I want to tell you, think again. If you think you're too young, think again. If you think that you're inadequate, think again. God uses inadequate people to do his will. No one in the word of God was perfect other than Jesus. Unless you're Jesus, well done, awesome, great, welcome. But if you're not Jesus, it's all good because God's gonna walk you through it. This community is gonna walk you through it. If God has called you to start a business, can I encourage you? Start it. Go do it. If God's called you to be in the community program, just do it. 
I always say this when it comes to the way we outwork our lives with Christ, is that I truly believe 90% of people are called to the workplace and only 10% into the church. I honestly believe that. I believe that only 10% are called to be like the pastors, evangelists, and all those other ones. But I believe majority of the church is supposed to be out in the workplace, doing nursing, doing truck driving, do whatever. We need people in those workplaces. So if God has called you to be a full-time mum and dad, just do it. If God's called you to be a book writer, just do it. We've got a book writer in the church. Do you know that? We've got our books coming in, and uh, hopefully in a few weeks. Um, and the book's called "It's Okay to Be a Mum." If you, um, she, they're away today because their, their family is sick. But we pray um, healing over their bodies. But her books are going to be available at the resource table because we believe in what God's doing in their life. And I like her attitude, um, Lay's attitude. She's like, "I just did it. Like I was afraid, but I just did it." And I'm like. We just got to do it. Like, I know we're afraid to do some things, but can we just do it? Like, we can make all these excuses in the world. We can do all these stuff and self-justify on why we aren't doing something. But let me tell you, it's better to be in the hands of God than hands of anyone else. Are we okay? It's better to be in the hands of God than anyone else. So why not lean into the uncomfortable place and lean into Jesus and go, God, I'm fearful in this, but I thank you that you walk with me in those times of fear. Are we okay? If God has called you to start uh, a program, whatever that may be, might be a ministry, it could be whatever. Can I just say, can we just do it? My encouragement for this morning is this, for us just to do it. Like, you don't need this guy here to tell you what to do. You know what? God can tell you what to do. I'm only here to help empower you to do what God's called you to do. Are we okay this morning? I know it's not like probably what you haven't heard in church before. I don't know. But I'm just telling you now that I'm, I'm here to help empower you so that you can be the church and your sphere of influence. But we need to, start, we need to lay down the excuses. Just like with this, the, the one with the one talent. The excuse of like, oh Lord, you're a hard man. And you know who's a hard man, harder than this master? My mum. My mum's harder than her. And you probably know somebody who's harder than this, this master. <laughs> but you know what? You lean into those hard moments, you grow your character. You grow who you are. We've got to stop making the excuses. Stop self-justifying or like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that because, you know, like, I still got to do all this other stuff before I do that. No, just do it. Do what is right, not what is easy. The easy thing is to walk away from God. The hardest thing is to stay in a relationship with Jesus. That's the truth. Like, staying in a relationship with Jesus is so hard. But the thing is, it becomes easier when you keep leaning into it. So if that's you this morning, can we just um, close our eyes for a moment? If there's anyone in here that is like, oh man, yeah, I can relate to that, that servant. Like, I've just maybe been making excuses. While, while everyone's eyes are closed, can I get you to stand where you are? We're going to stand with you. So if, just where you are, just stand.
If that you can relate to that. I'm here to encourage you this morning, church. Just do it. Father, right now, every person that is standing right now, they're just making that proclamation and that declaration like, I'm just going to do it. I want to lay down the excuses, the self-justification. I want to do what is right, not what is easy. And so, Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, touch them in this moment. And I pray that everything that was a barrier is no longer a barrier from this moment forward. I pray that they'll be free right now from any fear, free from any um, baggage, free from any insecurities, free from any anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. I pray freedom upon their lives so that they can step into their God core in their life. And so, Father, we're proclaiming this morning, we're not making excuses anymore, but we're just going to do it. We're going to step out in faith and just do it. And so, Father, we give you honor and glory. We thank you that you hear our prayers and we're standing with you in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen. Give God a hand this morning.